Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Psychocinematic. Today, we'll be covering Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright. Now, I kind of stopped saying this for a while, but just in case you don't know, spoilers are ahead. So this movie centers around Eloise, who is into fashion. She gets accepted to a fashion school in London from her country town somewhere in the UK. And I got to say, the very first thing that stuck out to me with this movie is I can't stand watching Eloise's grandma ever since I watched her in the movie called The Owners, which I'll probably cover on here one day because it is such a freaky movie. So anyways, I hadn't seen this preview since I guess early 2021 and I didn't rewatch it before watching this movie. I just knew that I had seen it once and it looked like it was going to be good so I wanted to watch it. So with that being said, I kind of thought that Eloise was the one who was in the 60s because when you go into her bedroom, she's got the breakfast at Tiffany's and all these other 60s looking things in her room. But then when she's traveling, she's got beats on and I was like, wait, how come that didn't pop into my head when I saw the taxi? I'm sure that probably wasn't a 60s car. I just wasn't even thinking about it because I was just believing that she was in the 60s and I was just like, wow, I'm not sure if that was intentional or if I was just really, really spacing, but it got cleared up. Eloise gets to her dorm and of course she's got the worst roommate of all time, but then she goes out and parties with them and they go right for the Jaeger. And I don't know if London women are different, but I have never known a single woman here in the United States that was like, yeah, let's have some Jaeger. I honestly don't know anyone who wants Jaeger. Jaeger tastes horrible. So either that's bullshit or they are really built different in the UK. Now, when Eloise's roommate and the friends go into the bathroom and snort coke and talk shit, I cannot believe how fucking brazen she is to just start talking shit about her. I mean, you saw that Eloise left, so she's either outside or in the bathroom more than likely. So I'm just like, how dumb can you be? But I mean, it just further goes into how horrible of a character not like horribly made, but horrible the roommate is. And then later, Eloise is listening to her music in her headphones, but she's at what looks like a dorm party. And it's really cool. I don't, I don't know if she's listening to the Beatles. Honestly, I'm really bad with my 60s movies and music, but she's listening to something like that, goes in and it's lining up with the beat that's on in the party. And that was super dope to me. And I think it's funny because Edgar Wright, if you don't know, he was the one who created Baby Driver and Baby Driver used music a lot and in creative ways. So he kind of has this style, I think, of utilizing music in ways that other people might not. So Eloise ends up finding a note that fell off of a bulletin board, which is basically offering up a bedroom for rent for women only. And when I first saw this, I immediately wrote sketch because, you know, in my head, I'm thinking of, oh, this bad guy is somehow going to get hurt or she's going to end up in a horrible situation with some creeper and didn't turn out to be the case. It was a horrible situation. Just, uh, I guess she wasn't a creeper. It was just an honest, like, I just want women here. But it definitely would make sense that you would only want women living with you if you were Sandy. I've got to say that one shot when Sandy is getting into bed at the new place and she pulls the sheet over her head and then the camera just pulls back and that sheet is never ending. It is so sick. That 
was a great idea. And I wonder like how big of a sheet did they need for that? And what were the logistics of it? They probably had wires maybe holding it up and then slowly lowering it. And then the lighting too, that was all just super impressive, very well done. So now Eloise dreams of Sandy and they have great use of reflections and then also practical imitating between the two actresses and the choreography throughout the entire movie. And then the use of VFX when choreography just wouldn't cut it. Very impressive work. When Jack is introduced and then he starts dancing with Sandy, I honestly cannot help but see that super cringy scene from Morbius. And I never even saw Morbius. If you were on TikTok though, a couple months ago, maybe May or April, whenever that was in 2022, then you would know that Morbius got super trendy on TikTok for all the wrong reasons. So I don't know if I can ever see this guy differently. When Eloise eventually wakes up from her dream, she's got that hickey on her neck that she doesn't see until she's at school. But I love this because it's creating real stakes beyond avenging Sandy when she realizes that she's in danger. Because if she got a hickey, then she could probably be harmed in this dream world too, like some Freddy Krueger stuff. Now, I think it was John who asked Eloise if she had plans that night. And when she responds with, yeah, I kind of do have plans tonight, that was basically like saying, yeah, my plans are to go home and have a sexy dream. So Eloise eventually gets a job at the Irish pub and she sees that old man who had shot her the weird glances and smiles when she was seeing the ghosts and reflections. And so the movie really tries to make you think that that is Jack. But since we realize that he is in fact the cop that tried to save Sandy, you could imagine that it would be funny that there is this woman who looks exactly like Sandy who eventually inquires about her when they never found Sandy, but they had a bunch of murders and missing people and so on. So it's no secret this movie leans into the men being pretty misogynistic and gross to women and verbally and physically abusive to them. And it's interesting because one of the only times a man's being nice to her, which which was John, he's pretty much the only guy who was nice to her the entire movie. She's told that she needs to listen to his problems and not the other way around since she's working at the bar. So we eventually learn that Jack is basically Sandy's pimp and it seems unclear whether or not Jack had promises of her making it in the future if she just did this for a little bit and just slept with the right people or if he just kind of trapped her into being a prostitute. Something else I also found unclear was whether or not she was getting drugged or intentionally getting drunk so she could get through what she had to do. Getting drugged is something that this movie toys with a lot but is only ever confirmed when Ella Louise gets drugged by Sandy. Now you could probably argue that Sandy was getting drugged the entire time because they were using that same distortion kind of kaleidoscope effect every time someone was questionably getting drugged. Eloise has John over and then sees the vision of Sandy being stabbed to death by Jack and she's tripping out, she's freaking out and then old woman Sandy comes in and honestly John is so lucky to even be alive after that point knowing everything that Sandy had been through and then also Eloise is lucky that John even sticks around because she really screwed him over right there the mirror gets broken he steps on glass and she doesn't even really apologize or anything and he's willing to look past it and not only that but offer her help what do you need from me how can i help you i don't think anyone deserves john this part was a bit frustrating the fact that she thinks that she can just go to the police and be like hey i'm seeing visions of this 60 year old murder case and I'm trying to get to the bottom of it i don't know what's happening and this, everything's just going to work out and they're going to believe her that's pretty ridiculous maybe she really is crazy i i don't know 
So Eloise goes to the library and she starts seeing the ghosts of all of these men and they must be showing up because she's looking for murder stories and they're probably showing up to try and get help as if they are victims because these murder stories are probably them. So they're probably not trying to scare her but they want to be avenged and saved and then Eloise goes to stab one of the ghosts and then it turns out to be her horrible roommate. And I think it's symbolic of the fact that the ghosts try to portray themselves as completely innocent and victims much like the roommate did. But I do appreciate that the roommate responded what I think to be realistically. She said, no, it's not okay. What in the actual fuck? I mean, I think that we would all respond that way if scissors stopped just inches from your face only because someone else stopped the person's hand. I also wrote this down because if you saw payphones pretty much anywhere else in the world, you're wondering why do you still have them? And I wonder, does London only keep around these payphones just because they're iconic or do they really think that it serves that big of a purpose in the year 2022? And now we have arrived at the ultimate twist of the movie, the fact that the old woman is Sandy and that really made this movie. Without that twist, I feel like this movie would have just been okay and it took it from okay to good or even great. So now my question is, if she killed Jack and 30 plus dudes, how do you get away with that as a prostitute? So you kill 30 dudes and your pimp doesn't get suspicious, or do you kill your pimp first and then you lure in all these other dudes pretending like you just want to fuck them and then you kill them? That's what I'm curious about. And I'm guessing that if it is the latter, which seems to make more sense, that she probably had already had sex with them as a prostitute and then lured them in, already knew who they were because I mean, otherwise, why would you just lure in random people and murder them? She would really be the bad guy there if that were the case. So she drugged Eloise, getting ready to kill her. She's going to kill John who's outside and she stabs John when she invites him in. And at first I was like, you gotta be kidding me. If John dies, I'm gonna be so freaking mad because he's the best character in this movie. But then as it carried on a little bit more. I was like, oh no, I don't have a uh, joke moral of the story yet. And one instantly popped into my head and I now selfishly wanted John to die so that I could say this. The joke moral of the story is nice guys get finished last. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry. And then this movie wraps up with Sandy basically giving up on trying to kill Eloise because she just doesn't want to. She never wanted any of this from the start and she's not going to go to prison. So she's going to kill herself because she's been in a prison her whole life is what she says, which is tragic. And the way they handle that, I think really lends itself to still liking Sandy as a character, because if she would have just went in there, wreck shit, and that's it, then you'd probably be like, well, this character they were trying to get me to like this entire time now turns out to be really shitty. All right, now I'm gonna talk about my thoughts on some of these fun facts from IMDb. The actress who played Eloise, I might be butchering this, it's spelled like Thomason McKenzie, she was actually going out for Top Gun and she dropped out to then get this movie. And I'm wondering what that means. I'm wondering if she was still in the auditioning process or if she had a role, but then because she locked down this role as a lead, she then gives up Top Gun. I'm not sure. 
it'd be very interesting. If you know, if you're an actor, please let me know down in the comments because I'm very curious. Now in the credits and between these slides of credits, they were having random shots of empty areas in Soho, presumably. And I was wondering why they did that, but it turns out that they did that because the pandemic had started and basically no one has ever seen the road so empty. So they added that in. Something else that's cool is that Stephen King got an advanced screening on this movie and he said, I hardly ever rewatch. There's so many good things out there, but this one is special. And I thought that was cool because Eloise definitely seems like she shines. And while I was watching the movie, I was like, this feels like something that Stephen King would have written all about seeing ghosts and people in the past. And it's funny too, because while I was watching it, my wife came into the living room and we paused it and it happened to pause on the most precarious scene. The camera is panning this way and it paused on some oral sex that was going on. And I made the joke that it looks like the shining that, uh, the little gopher monster thing that's doing the same thing very disturbing and you know what they could have been referencing that low-key anyway something else that's cool is that all the older people in this movie with bigger roles the cop the grandma older sandy the barmaid they were all pretty popular in british film and television in the 1960s which i think is really cool because edgar wright apparently is super obsessed with the 60s and it sounds like he really did his due diligence to make sure that he's really paying homage. All right, so I was thinking about this movie and I was wondering to myself, what would have been the conclusion to this movie if it didn't have that twist? And the thing that I came up with that they could have done, but I don't I don't think it would be better, but it would have taken more of a time traveling stance. I could see them having Eloise stop Jack from murdering Sandy or just buying her enough time so that Sandy lives. And then when Eloise wakes up in that bed, it's no longer even her room and people are like, why are you in here? Cause she, you know, butterfly effect affecting time or she could have just straight up woke up in her dorm room and never have lived in Sandy's place. But they honestly could have gone a million different routes. All right, now my review versus Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it 76% and the audience gave it 90%. Where I stand, it's like an 8.5 for me, so an 85%. I really enjoyed in this movie their use of practical choreography and imitation for a lot of the reflection scenes and accompanying it well with some visual effects. I also think that the twist in this movie was top notch. When I saw it, I was so excited, couldn't have been happier, and also I didn't see it coming at all. The thing I didn't like about this movie was I felt that the cop character really only served the purpose of throwing us off of the older Sandy's trail and getting us off the scent so we wouldn't suspect her as actually being Sandy. If I could change anything from this movie, it'd be for Eloise to experience more than just a hickey from her dream, something to add even more stakes and show that it is still a constant threat every time she decides to go to sleep. But overall, I really enjoyed this movie and I hope you also enjoyed this episode of Psycho Cinematic. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you in the next one.